Episode 84 of the Flagrantly Foul podcast on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on TuneIn Radio, at the Foul Podcast, on Twitter and Instagram. Sean St. Jacques back here with you. And uh, I have to confess, I lied. Um, <laughs> last show, obviously, uh, at the end saying, you know, we're going to be talking about a bracket. Uh talking about that for the next show you know which ends up being this show we're going to do a show earlier uh in the week we're going to do a couple of shows this week uh with all the stuff that was going on with uh the conference tournaments the ncaa tournament and then COVID 19 obviously has changed all of that um first and foremost uh if you're listening to the podcast first of all hopefully uh, everything is good with you and your family. Hopefully you are healthy. Hopefully you are quarantined. Hopefully you are enjoying as much as you can some of this downtime during this time of uncertainty. It's always tough when we don't know what is coming, what the outcome is going to be, how it will affect us. So if you are listening, thank you for taking some time to do so. And hopefully as you are doing it, you are well and your family is well also. Um, we're going to try and wrap up the season as best we can on this show. Uh, it's going to be talking about really my experience throughout this as well. I'd love to hear from you guys as well what your thoughts were on basically what happened during the last day of college basketball uh, this season. That crazy day at the Big East Tournament. Uh, all of the conference tournaments being shut down, and then hours later, the NCAA being shut down. I want to take you through my thoughts on that, just, not just to kind of air that out, but because I've already done that, to be fair, on another show. But I, I also wanted to, you know, kind of see if you guys were, you know, if you, if you want to, to share what your thoughts were on that day and what a surreal day it was in college basketball. So I'll get to that in a second, as we always do. Uh, we're going to finish the show with Name Madness. Uh, we're in the Elite Eight stage. It's getting down to the nitty gritty. I mean, there's no question about that. We've got eight names left. I'll tell you how we got there. Uh, we're, we plan on finishing Name Madness. Um, so we've got a couple. We're going to, when this show is done, so as you're listening to this show, uh, there will be polls out at the Foul Podcast to vote on on Twitter. That's the place as always that you go. So head on over there right now. Keep voting, uh, and I will give you the full update at the end of the show, as we always do, finishing things out. So uh, if you want to keep the podcast on, you can go over to Twitter right now, at the Foul Podcast. Uh, that's the place to go, and you can vote on the polls as you listen to the show. Or if you want to wait until I give you the full bracket breakdown later on in the show, uh, that's how we will go. And basically, uh, I'll give you an update then as well how the show is going to go moving forward. Uh, we'll also dive in again to the big what ifs of this season. I, I kind of I've been thinking about that the last couple of days, kind of preparing myself to have to do this show. And there's a lot. Uh, there's a lot I kind of want to touch on. And you know, just to congratulate a lot of teams on a great season, despite the fact that they're not going to be able to see it out. And then we'll talk about the storylines that have happened since. We'll talk about Rick Pitino. We'll talk about. Bryce Drew, we will talk about the years of eligibility added for spring sports, whether or not they will be added for the basketball players for men's and women's as well, and uh, we'll try to fit that all into the show, and we'll have, you know, we'll have other things we'll touch on as the show goes on. 
what a crazy day. Um, what a crazy day, that final day of what ended up being the end of the basketball season and the end of the sports calendar, essentially, as well. Um, obviously, I was very excited for those that have been following the show. My plan uh, for this past week, again, yesterday was uh, selection. Was it Yesterday was selection Sunday, and I'm losing track of the days already. Two days ago was selection Sunday. Um, that last Thursday, or was it Friday? That last Friday, um, my plan uh, was to be at the Big East tournament. I was going to be at all four games, um, taking it all in. And then my plan was to be at the Atlantic 10 championship game on Sunday at Barclays Center. So my day was, my week was going to be pretty filled uh, with college basketball action. Um, and then on top of that, uh, I was going to, obviously, as you guys know, we were going to be covering the NCAA tournament at the Garden, the regional semifinals and the regional final. Uh, and I'll touch on that um, in a second. But of course, the night before, you know, I'm watching the first round of the Big East tournament, kind of keeping track of the St. John's Georgetown game. And then we were transitioning into the crazy upset to Paul knocking off Xavier and essentially ending their NCAA tournament hopes, which ended up not mattering uh, in the end, even though Xavier would not have made the NCAA tournament. Now there was no tournament for them to make anyway. So I don't know if that softens the blow for Xavier fans or if that's just a really harsh way to have your season end with a loss at the Garden to DePaul in the first round of the Big East Tournament. Uh, kudos to DePaul. They're one of the, uh, you know, we'll, again, I'm going to be jumping around a lot on this show. They're kind of one of the one-ifs at the end of this season. They win their first Big East Tournament game in six years, since 2014, when they beat John Thompson the Third's Georgetown squad, who were also a seven seed at the time in the first round. I was actually at that game. DePaul went on to lose in the quarterfinals. They hadn't won a game in the Big East tournament since. They lost to, I think, Creighton. Uh, they lost uh, last year. They lost um, in the first round to St. John's. It, it had been a really tough couple of years for Dave Lado. And then this year was the, the icing on the cake. They had such a good non-conference season. And then they totally crapped the bed in Big East tournament play. So, I mean, Big East conference play. They finally get a win <laughs> in the conference tournament, and then they don't get a chance to play Villanova on Friday night, in, or I should say on, uh, yeah, Friday night in a big, or I should say, oh geez, I'm actually losing track of my days here, Thursday in a Big East tournament quarterfinal. So that was a tough, tough thing for them. Thursday, again, I'm mixing up my days, Thursday was the day of the four Big East quarterfinal games, and I was going to go on Sunday to the A-10 Final, hoping to see Dayton live. Uh, that was really why I had gotten that set up. I wanted to go see the flyer, the Flyers in person, and uh, that's they're another huge what if. But we'll get to them, and we'll get to that in a second. So Thursday moves on. You know, we get the the word Wednesday night after the Big East finished their first round tournament games, basically that there were going to be no fans and only essential personnel at the Garden the next day. Uh, whether I was allowed to go or not, not going. Uh, <laughs> New York City, not the place to be uh, when you hear something like that in such a big area with 8 million people plus smashed into one area. And for those that uh, know New York well, the Garden, um, 
not the best place to be when you don't want to be around a big crowd of people. So, <laughs> uh, whether it's inside or outside of the garden. So, I uh, decided to try and take in the tournament games from an undisclosed location, uh, at an undisclosed establishment, in an undisclosed place. I won't, I'm not going to go nuts over where I was, only because of part of the story, which I'll get to in a second. Um, and we're sitting there, a buddy of mine is sitting there, we're, we're all geared up, we're ready to go, just in case they're actually going to play these games. And as soon as we get settled, we set, we get settled down, we order some drinks, we order some food, and bing, bada bing, bada boom, the Big Ten tournament is canceled. And that was kind of the, the first straw, or not the, not the first, uh, yeah, the first domino here for the, for college basketball was the Ivy League canceling their tournament, but then the, the NBA postpones their season because of the Rudy Gobert situation. Donovan Mitchell tests positive as well, and since then another NBA player has tested positive for the coronavirus as well. On top of that, you know we're we're going in just kind of thinking, all right, we're going to hang out and we're going to see what happens. Worst case scenario, we just take in all everything that happens. We eat some good food and we drink and then we go home. Basically, it was kind of the the plan B, uh, for the day with, with it in the back of our minds that, you know, this could all get canceled. Uh, we're not sure, uh, if any of this is going to happen. We're thinking, you know, worst case scenario, maybe, uh, this all gets postponed. Maybe the, you know, NCAA tournament gets postponed. That's kind of what's in the back of our minds on Thursday morning, you know, on, on our drive to this, uh, establishment, getting ready to watch. Uh, the first game was, was going to be, at least for the Big East tournament, was St. John's Creighton. I'll get to that fiasco <laughs> in a second as well. Uh, but the nice part about where we were, there were a ton of TVs. So, our, you know, again, the best case scenario is we're thinking, hey, we're going to watch all of the quarterfinal and second round, whatever, you know, wherever each conference tournament's at, at the same time. So we can kind of flip around if we can get, you know, we've got the a best seat in the house. We've got, uh, you know, chance to change the channel. We could change, flip around to different games. If there's a close game, we'll put that on the bigger screen. And you know, we're all set up. We're, we're all ready to go. And then we get that first word that the Big Ten has canceled their tournament. Then the Big 12 has canceled their tournament. Um, and then the American has canceled their tournament. Now we're thinking, oh boy. <laughs> that was quick. You know, that was really quick. And we're thinking, yeah, we're, we're, we're not seeing any games. I mean, there's no way the these tournaments can go on. Uh, it gets closer to tip, uh, noon tip at the garden. ACC tournament is canceled. The SEC tournament has been canceled. Uh, the PAC 12, I think really late on, uh, canceled their tournament as well. And then we're looking up at the screen and I remember my, I'll never forget this. My buddy uh, is checking his phone and he goes, and, and I think whatever the last tournament was of the, of the major, power conferences besides the Big East had, had announced that they were canceling their tournament. And as we're seeing Florida State being handed, I think, which was the tournament title, which I thought was just ridiculous. I, they shouldn't even have done that. I think uh, Swafford, I think, is the uh, ACC commissioner. Ridiculous. I, 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 don't know, I don't know if that's in the rules for the ACC, but this is unprecedented. I, I think handing Florida State a trophy for not even playing a game in a tournament is ridiculous, um, but maybe they thought that there was still a chance the tournament was going to the NCAA tournament was going to go on, so they just canceled the tournament and said, "Hey, if they need an automatic bid, we're going to give them an automatic bid." I don't know. I think it was a bad look, regardless. However, we're seeing Florida State being awarded the ACC tournament trophy before they're going to tip off against Clemson. That game, of course, all of that ended up being canceled in Greensboro, and now we look up at the bigger screen where we've got St. John's Creighton, and they're warming up. 
they're warming up at the garden. And I look at my, my buddy and I just go, oh my God, they're going to play this game. Like they were, it was, it had gotten to the point where, you know, guys are taking off their warmups, guys are, are, are going through shooting drills, they're laying the ball up, not, not really, the other tournaments hadn't really gotten to that point yet. Like the other, the other tournaments had kind of, they've been out on the floor, like they've been kind of warming up, but th- these guys are, you know, they look like they're going to play, like they, they have not been told anything, not to say that everybody else was, but they are like coordinatingly going through everything they'd normally go through. And it's like 1158 and we're thinking, you know, now they're settling down and they're getting into their huddles. And I'm like, oh my God, they're going to play the game. They're going to play this game. And, and I turn to my buddy and I say, they're going to get in huge trouble here. There's no way the Big East could be the only conference playing right now. That can't happen. It looks really bad considering what everybody else had done. But lo and behold, the ball is tipped, and in front of essential personnel only, which, by the way, included, like, mascots, cheerleaders, uh, a decent amount of fans from each school, which was like, huh? What? How many people are in there? It was like, how many? There, there looked like there was, you know, including media. You know, you throw media in there. There's media at the garden that day. And then employees, like there's employees, like people were drinking things and eating things and you throw an employee, there's a couple thousand people inside the garden. And it's like, what the heck is going on here? That's a lot of people, despite it only being essential personnel. And there's a decent amount of fans behind each bench. There were even Villanova fans that found their way. I was like, what? what's going on here? couple of Villanova fans in the St. John's section watching the game. I'm like, what, do you, what on earth is happening here? So they tip off, and the Big East goes through with the first half of the game. And my buddy turns to me, and he goes, Sean, you got to tell me right now. You got to tell me right now. I want an answer. He's like, I don't care if you don't know. Give me an answer anyway. What are the chances they finish this game? And I had no idea. But my gut... And this has to be in these situations because even people I know who are there and, you know, I've I've covered this tournament for years now and and things like that. My my thought was there's only one thing that can happen here. If you start the first half, they're probably going to finish the first half, but they're going to have to reevaluate like they, they can't play the full game with a with peace of mind without at least reconsidering their they're, they're, this has to be a half-by-half half thing. Like, they, at halftime, while the players are going through what they need to adjust in the second half, the Big East has got to be thinking, all right, can we keep playing? Like, we got to fi- like we got to look around and see what's going... Like, what are the updates? You know, what's New York City telling us? What are the other conferences doing? Like, they need to be doing that. So that was my thought. Like, at halftime, they're going to reevaluate this. And if they feel like they can keep playing, they're going to keep playing. But if they're not, they're done. They're gonna they're gonna take everybody off the floor and they're canceling the tournament. So and then he's and then my buddy goes, a question I never thought I'd have to answer. How like he's like best case scenario for people that want to see games today. How many games are the Big East going to play? And I said considering I'm thinking because because there was to be fair to that question because now you're probably in hindsight you're thinking oh my god like they shouldn't have start even started playing and I and I tend to agree with that, but. At the time, there were still some mid-major tournaments that had not been canceled yet. 
So, yes, the bigger conferences and the NBA, and it was reported the NHL was close behind, and you know now everything's canceled, obviously, or canceled or postponed, obviously, uh, for college and the pros for now. We're without sports at the moment, unless you're a UFC fan, <laughs> inexplicably. But what's amazing about it was my initial thought was, I think the best case scenario, because we, you know, there are people out there, and my, again, I was like, what are the, what are we doing here? Like, what's going on? The Big East needs to stop playing immediately. Like, you, you can't be a hero here. Don't play the game. So, St. John's is leading at the half. Another big one. What if St. John's had won that game? Who knows? But, well, no, we'll never know. But, St. John's is leading at the half, and they go to a commercial break, and my thought was, the the best case scenario for a fan who wants to watch games today is they finish this game, and they're in the middle of the next game, like, in, the, in between the first two games, and Butler and Providence now are coming to the arena, it's like, we gotta stop this, like, so my, my, my thought was kind of, they'll play one game at the most, and then they've got to shut it down. Like, there's no way Butler and Providence were playing that second quarter final game. And then as it turned out, there were reports, uh, even at the end of the first half, that Butler and Providence were told not to come to Madison Square Garden. And then forget about Villanova-DePaul and Seton Hall-Marquette, the night session, not happening. There was no way any of those four teams were getting within uh, touching distance of the garden in a car or on foot. There was no way that was happening or on a bus, they were not even going to think about leaving that hotel, all four of those teams were not playing, and, I, and, I, and my, my thought was they probably knew that, even if they, if they knew, if they knew what was going on with the other conferences, those teams probably knew there's a very good chance we're not playing, but at, at halftime, the Big East kind of looked around, and were like, okay, we better stop this, we better pull the plug here, and they did, and I gotta say, you know, I gotta say, even that, you know, it looks pretty bad that they were the last power to- power conference team to do that. Felt terrible for Creighton and St. John's fans uh, that you know feel right now. I mean, you gotta feel right now. I mean, the you know Rudy Gobert and the Jazz were just in that building earlier in the week, and with everything that's come out now about coronavirus in this country, now it's continuing to grow and spread, and that's got to be a scary feeling. Looking back, thinking, oh my God, we were in the Garden for, you know, what, a couple of hours watching a game where we probably shouldn't have been. So I, I don't mean to scare people, but that's a, that, I know that's what I would have been thinking. That's a scary thought to have looking back at that situation. Now my buddy and I were sitting in the, in the establishment. We're shocked. Not shocked that it happened, but shocked that this is the world we're living in right now. We're now every conference tournament that we love has been canceled. We're not watching any games today. We're not watching any games for the rest of the week. And now we're thinking, are we going to be watching any games for the rest of the season? What's the NCAA going to do? Was the initial next thought. Once once we were told the Big East was canceling their tournament, I think by the time we left, you know, by the time our lunch and our meal was done and we left and we were kind of just processing everything, the NCAA had not made a decision yet and there was one conference tournament that was still in the mix. I think it was the MAC tournament in Atlantic City. They had not yet canceled the tournament yet, which was just remarkable. They were actually about to tip off, I think, at 2 o'clock with a couple of first-round games or second-round games, a quarterfinal. I forget what it was. 
And we're just sitting there, and we're thinking, there's no way. I mean, there's no way they're playing that tournament. They're done. I mean, it's over. And I think the last game they played, I think St. Peter's, uh, Sheen Holloway's squad beat Tim Kloos' Iona team. We'll get to Iona later on in the show. The last game that Tim Kloos will coach for the Gales, they lost. Uh, they were four-time defending MAC champs. They lost to St. Peter's in the quarterfinals. So, uh, although, you know, you can, you can argue because nobody won the tournament, Iona defends for another year, but they also lost. So, <laughs> tough to, uh, tough to say. Um, but, it was a crazy day, and then later on in the day, we're told the NCAA tournament is canceled, no March Madness, the women's NCAA tournament also canceled spring sports uh, by the end of the next day, we're all canceled as well, um, I said this on my on the other podcast I do, I just feel terrible for all the workers and people like me that, that cover these sports um, and different leagues and get to travel, you know, fortunate enough to travel for these kind of things and things like that. And the other sports I've been doing have been canceled as well. It's been a really, or postponed, I should say. So it's been a really um, crazy, uh, crazy week. I mean, there's no question about that. Um, let me know what you guys, you know, how you experienced the day. I just remember, you know, what one thing to kind of tie a bow on it, which kind of made it hit home for me is, you know, as we're picking up the check at this establishment, again, this is the, this is the part why I don't really want to say where it was just because, you know, again, it's everywhere now. So that's part of it. So it doesn't really matter where it was. So you don't need to avoid the area or anything like that. It's it's everywhere. You should be staying home regardless of where you are. But also, you know, this was a very nice place. They handled everything very well. I don't want to put any unneeded pressure on this area or on these people or on this establishment. It was very nice. They handled it all as best they could because this is a very tough situation but they basically told us on our way out that, you know, at a local hospital nearby in this town that we were in, that someone had just tested positive for coronavirus. So it just tells you how how quickly everything was happening. And that, that area sent out a bulletin um, basically as we were leaving. And the restaurant picked it up and basically said, like, you know, <laughs> yeah, someone just tested positive here in this town for coronavirus and it was just like holy smokes how quickly all of this stuff was happening you know what i mean it just it hit home at that moment like oh man i mean they had to make this decision like they had to do it uh as terrible as i feel for the seniors as terrible as i feel for everyone that loves the tournament the fans the people that work the tournament cover the tournament broadcast the tournament um enjoy like just watching it at home or going to the arenas um this had to be done. It had to be done in all sports. And, you know, we have to see where we're going to be at uh, in a month's time, in two months' time, in three months' time. Who knows how long. But uh, hopefully, I'll knock on wood, hopefully sooner rather than later here. But you never know. But it was the right decision. Uh, there's nothing you can argue about that, in my opinion. You know, I've got people, you know, telling me, you know, making excuses about how it's not that bad and all this stuff, nobody really knows, and I, and I want you guys to remember that, you know, if anyone's telling, like, people have told me that over the last 48 hours, and, and things like that, and some people haven't been treating it like it's a big deal, it's a big deal, when you don't know what's going to happen, it's a big deal, when it can kill you, and, and you know, and you don't know what's, the, the uncertainty, the unprecedented, the, the fact that this is so unprecedented, it's a big deal, Treat it like it's a big deal. Listen to your doctors. Listen to the CDC. Listen to these people that know what the heck they're talking about. Because this this is serious. 
It really is. And if you're not treating it seriously, you should start doing it as soon as you possibly can before it's too late. It really, this stuff matters. Treat it like it matters for not only yourselves, but for everybody else around you. Because you just don't know. People don't know what that that they have it until you know weeks and weeks go by. So this is the kind of stuff you just got to take the proper precautions for yourself and for everybody else. Okay. Crazy couple of days, crazy day that that was. The season ends, and I I hate to uh, make this harsh of a cut, but I I just maybe it's not even a cut. I just my initial thought, you know, a couple of days after, like when it was all kind of sinking in, and, and we'll get to you know some of the storylines that have come out since then. But my initial thought was the bracket. I looked, I kept looking at bracketology the other day. And, you know, I, I was one of those guys, I'm simming the NCAA tournament on this big sim website and everyone's doing it. And I would, I did it. And I, I just, I had to, like, I'm a, I'm a junkie. I got to do it. I, I had to, I had to just get a little bit of March fix. I was watching some old highlights, you know, I'm watching some cool stuff from this season and, and, and things like that. I'm, I'm reliving some of the stuff from years past in March Madness and conference tournaments and just college basketball in general. I had to get at least some fix in. Uh, over the last couple of days while I was kind of isolated and and things like that. I'm sure you guys were as well. Don't lie to yourselves. Don't lie to me. You know, <laughs> Don't lie to yourselves. We were all doing it. Um, and I, I kept looking at bracketology. I was looking at Joe Lenardi's bracketology. And again, a lot of things could have changed in the conference tournaments with the auto bids. And um, seating could have changed drastically over the last week. But Without that, we're kind of stuck with what we had going into the, the the business end of Champ Week with you know the Big Ten, the Big East, the Pac-12, the Big 12, the ACC, the SEC, and the American all tipping off their conference tournaments. They were all underway, but we never really got to find out you know where all these teams would have been, who would have been in, who would have been out in all likelihood, and things like that. There were a lot of what ifs, and I kind of want to go through some of them now and. Also give shout-outs to some of the best teams in college basketball this season. A tip of the cap to a lot of those players. Again, we don't know what's going to happen with the winter eligibility if some of these players get another chance to come back. We don't know. For what it sounds like, it's possible that the NCAA could do this. It's an unprecedented event. They, these, the universities are within their capabilities of being able to try this. Um, I don't know what's going to happen. So like, those are the kind of things to keep in mind, uh, as we give some shout outs, it's just really just for this season. Um, big thing to start out with was the bubble, you know, Xavier losing that devastating game to DePaul. Would that have put them out of the NCAA tournament? In all likelihood, the answer to that would have been yes. Looked like Wichita State's had a chance to play their way in. Memphis had a chance to play their way in. Stanford kind of, you know, buckled at the first hurdle against Cal. You know, could Mississippi State had found found a way? Could Tulsa, Purdue was in the mix. Uh, and then that devastating loss for Northern Iowa in the Missouri Valley Conference Championship where Bradley ended up going on and stealing a bid. Looked like UNI had played themselves out. We'll never know for sure, but we're pretty sure those teams cost themselves in the end could we have seen nc state could we have seen ucla could we have seen texas or richmond be a cinderella this year we don't know you know those are the kind of things we'll never know as well the last four buys it's amazing how marquette played themselves 
onto the bubble down the stretch of the season yet again. This was the second straight year, not playing themselves on the bubble last year, but second straight year Marquette had just a disastrous finish to the regular season. Uh, we will never we'll never find out how it would have played out for them, though, in the conference tournament and in the conference, I should say, in the NCAA tournament if they were to find themselves in the dance. Uh, Texas Tech, Arizona State, Indiana, I mean, there's all teams on the bubble that were likely going to get in. Uh, we were, ne- we're never going to find out what would have happened to them in the NCAA tournament. Now, now the big ones, the big what-ifs in college basketball. A lot of people have said foregone conclusion you know, when talking about who would have won the national championship if we'd have, if we would have played this season out, a lot of people go Kansas. I don't know. I don't know. I, I really don't know because it's it, this season was so unpredictable, and the way it ends, you know, leaves an incredible amount of questions as to how the season could have ended. Uh, you know, you can weigh how much that really matters with everything that's going on. But um, you know, Gonzaga was another team. Dayton. What a huge what if they are now. A team that, you know, as good as they've been in other years, you know, a one seed doesn't come around very often. And that's not to say they wouldn't have gotten, you know, wouldn't have been able to run the table in Brooklyn. But they looked like they were going to go and run the table and then maybe go on a, you know, maybe who knows, maybe a final four run or maybe get to a national championship game. You never know. And, and they end up, you know, just sticking there on the one line, they're never going to get a chance with Obi Toppin to to play it out, and that that's a sad that's a sad thing to say. You know, Baylor, a number one seed. It's been a long time since Baylor's been anywhere near the top line, uh, and Scott Drew's team just sits there, and they're not going to be able to play in the NCAA tournament with this fantastic team. You know, and I look at Florida State, I look at a Kentucky, I look at a San Diego State, I look at a Seton Hall, I look at a Creighton, you know, I look at some of these teams, Maryland, you know, teams that, you know, thought that, hey, we we might have a team that could make a lot of noise this year. Oregon was another team that you look and you're thinking, man, you know, maybe they've got the team that can win this region. So many teams pop up that have so many good players. When you think of uh, just looking around these teams, right? I mean, I mentioned Obi Toppin. You know, you look at the great, you know, uh, Emmanuel Quickly from Kentucky, Malachi Flynn from, from San Diego State, Miles Powell from Seton Hall, Peyton Pritchard from Oregon, uh, Tyshawn Alexander from Creighton. You know, and then you look down at the three line. I mean, Michigan State. I mean, oh my gosh, what a, what an unbelievable run they were on towards the end of the season. Could they have been a team that made a huge run in March? You know, Cassius Winston. I mean, this could be it. I mean, this is it. You're thinking maybe this is the run that that Michigan State needed to go on to get Cassius Winston to a national championship, and we don't get a chance to see him play one more time in the NCAA tournament for a chance. To, to lift a trophy at the end. And that, and that was sad just because of everything that Cassius Winston has been through personally this year. Uh, it's just devastating. And, and to see him, you know, getting to, you know, play out on the court with his team and his school one last time this year was pretty was pretty amazing. But but to end this way uh, and not get a chance to play in the NCAA tournament. Again, there's, you know, there's things that could happen. But, you know, as, as it stands right now, you know, that's it. So it's a shame. It's really, really a shame that we didn't get to see what happens with Michigan State. You know, we don't get to see what happens uh, with a couple of others. I mean, Virginia, 
what a recovery after the start to the season that they had. And now they could have gotten as high as maybe a four or a three seed. They're on the sixth line right now. But I, ha- I had them, for, for those that remember, we were going through brackets. I thought they were going to go on and win the ACC tournament. I thought they were the team to possibly go on and do it. And if they had, they would have been a lot higher than a six. I'll tell you that right now. Could have been a really incredible title defense for the Cavs under Tony Bennett. We're never going to see it and see how it pans out. A couple of other schools uh, worth mentioning as well. Uh, Iowa. I mean, we don't get to see Luca Garza's miraculous season play out in the NCAA tournament. I really wanted to see how far the Hawkeyes could have taken it. They felt like a, a, a team, too. They were a six-seed on Lenardi's bracket as this season comes to a close, but they could have been higher as well, depending on how things turned out for them in the Big Ten tournament in Indianapolis. So that's a big what-if as this season ends as well. And for me, you know, talking Cinderella's, you know, teams that we we could see really going far. You know, I two pop out to me. I look at Providence. What an amazing season Ed Cooley's team had in conference play. They totally turned it around after a dreadful non-conference where they had six terrible losses. They salvaged their season, uh, including winning five straight ranked games in a month to get into the seventh seed in the NCAA tournament. And they were on the rise. Many thought, including myself, that they could get to a big, East Championship game. They had Butler in the first round. We're never going to, in the quarterfinals, we're never going to find out how that turned out. And this red hot finish for the Friars, we don't know. Now we now we have no idea how that could have finished for Ed Cooley's team. Who knows? Who knows what could have happened in the Big East tournament or in the NCAA tournament for Ed Cooley's team? Wisconsin, what a turnaround. Not only to to win a share of the Big Ten Championship, but get the number one seed in the Big Ten Tournament. They were red hot down the stretch. Greg Gard had completely found it. He turned it around. And now we don't know. You know, now we don't know what what would have happened with, with a team with, with the likes of Brevin Pritzel. And, 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 and really, you look at that team specifically, Wisconsin. And the start they had to the season. I remember looking at this a little bit a couple of days ago and the teams they lost to Richmond and New Mexico and NC State and Rutgers before they really figured it out. But then Nate Reavers and Dimitri Trice, you started to kind of lead things back to where they were hoping to be. You know, they lose Kobe King who decides to leave the school and you're, and you're thinking, you know, Oh my God, this is, this, they're going to crash and burn. You know, but Brad Davison and Trice and Reavers, they figured it out. This team got back to where we thought they could be early in the season. And now we don't get to find out how the story ends. I mean, that's absolutely devastating for those seniors. It really is. I mean, that that's the part of this that really stings. I mean, we just, we're just never going to find out how this season ends. Just a couple more what-ifs to go through. For me, BYU was another one. What could have happened to BYU? You know, Ohio State had kind of refigured it out as well. Michigan as well. I mean, Rutgers. Rutgers, after all this time, finally gets back to the NCAA tournament. They had it wrapped up. They won at Purdue. They had that magical moment in West Lafayette. 
They win at Mackey Arena in a crazy game in overtime. And, and you know, again, a lot of people around college basketball are just thinking, wow, they finally got the win they needed to secure a spot in the NCAA tournament. The drought is over. Steve Peichel's team has done it. And now they don't get to get the payoff. They don't get to see their team in the NCAA tournament. I mean, just devastating. Absolutely devastating. What's nice about it for some of these teams, I was and I was saying this to a couple people uh, a day or two ago. You know, this is tough, you know, and this is all out of anybody's hands, right? There's nothing we could have done to see this coming, especially for these players. I mean, these guys are these guys are in school. They're playing college basketball, and they're entertaining the masses. There's nothing these guys could have done. But the one silver lining for some of these schools, and again, I hate to say it because some of these schools don't get this little silver lining, but you look at a team like Seton Hall, you know, winning their first Big East Conference Championship in the regular season since 1993. You know, they get a trophy to go home with. You know, they get, a, they get something from this season. They leave as champions. You know, Creighton getting a share of the Big East regular season title. You know, Maryland. Finally, in the Big Ten, winning a Big Ten regular season title. You know, Anthony Cowan Jr. can leave that school as a champion with his head held high at the end of the day. You know, Dayton, they get to hang a banner next year. San Diego State has already hung theirs, but they, they get a banner. You know, all these teams I just mentioned, they all get to hang a banner next season. And, you know, for some of these teams, this is a normal occurrence. The Villanovas, the Michigan States. You know, Wisconsin gets to hang a banner. Nobody thought Wisconsin would hang a banner this year. They get to hang a banner. You know, Florida State gets to hang a banner. Rare you get to say that in the ACC. You know, they've had their moments in the ACC tournament. They win an ACC regular season title for the first time. And they get to hang a banner. So, for those schools, you got something to hang on to there. Uh, But I, I just feel terrible... You know, another school that I just want to throw out there, a big what if, you know, Lamar Stevens and Penn State, Pat Chambers, what a job they had done this season. The Nittany Lions looked good for Albany this year where their fans could have traveled to see them. And they were sat firmly on the sixth line going into conference tournament week, champ week for the big conferences. And we don't get to see how that season finishes. For the Nittany Lions. I mean just. Uh, brutal. Absolutely brutal. For those schools. I just feel terrible. But it was the right decision. You know at the end of the day. You know, we, we can go through as many, you know, more schools. And talk about more what ifs. And, and things like that. At the end of the day all we can do is be thankful for the schools this year. That had fantastic teams. For the fantastic players. You know I think of Miles Powell. I think of Marcus Howard. I think of. Kamar Baldwin, I think of Peyton Pritchard, I think of Obi Toppin. Um, I just going around the conferences. I, I think of Emmanuel quickly. I, I think of Malachi Flynn. You know, I, I think of I think of Nate Reavers. I, I think of uh, I mean Yudoka Azabuki. You know, I, I think of all these guys. I mean, this is it for a lot of those guys. I mean, this is it. This Luca Garza. Who knows? He might leave Iowa. Uh, and then who knows what happens? You know, I think of those guys, you know, and again, Luca Garza could come back, but if he goes to the NBA, I mean, that's his last game. 
You know what I mean? I mean, that's it. And that's the end of his time in college. So I I, I really, I, I think about the seniors. I think about the guys that could go pro next year. Um, This is tough. You know, this is tough. I, I, I feel for a lot of those guys. And, you know, I, was, I saw a good tweet the other day. Um, kind of saluting some of the seniors in college basketball. The you know Cassius Winston, by the way, another one. You know Cassius Winston and Miles Powell, Marcus Howard, Kamar Baldwin, Yudoka Azubuki, Peyton Pritchard, Killian Tilly. You know so many others. And again, the guys, some of the guys I mentioned that you know might leave and just go to the pros, and and rightfully so because of the amazing seasons and the careers they've already had. In college basketball, I mean, I'd love to see Luca Garza and, Ob- uh, and Obi Toppin come back, Obadia Toppin uh, come back next year. But you know, they could easily go to the NBA. So, I mean, this is it for a lot of those guys. You know, Manuel quickly. Who knows? You know, the, a lot of these guys could be moving on. Vernon Carey Jr. and Trey Jones at Duke could that could be it for them? And we don't get to see one last run from them in the NCAA tournament. Just, uh, just tough. Just a really tough couple of weeks. Anthony Cowan Jr. and Jalen Smith at Maryland. I mean, that could be it. You know, they both they both could be gone uh, next year. Very likely will be gone next year. So we don't get to see what happens to a great Maryland team that broke through in the Big Ten as far as a championship. So tough. A ton of what-ifs. A ton of things we can't control. A ton of things that won't change as far as how this season should have and could have ended. Um, you know, another school that I just thought of, I feel for is, I mean, I look at Hofstra, you know, a team around here in the tri-state area. Hadn't been to the dance, I think, since, what, 2001? And after last year, when they had such a great team uh, with Wright Foreman and, and, and that group of seniors, last year they lose in the CAA championship game to North uh, Northeastern only to come back this year and win it over Northeastern and go to the NCAA tournament. They lift the conference tournament crown in Washington, D.C. And in the end, the CAA champs don't get to play in the NCAA tournament. And it would have been really cool to see Hofstra playing the pride back in the dance for the first time in a long, long time. It looked like they were going to play uh, Villanova in the first round, which would have been something extremely special for that for that school, to be back in the big time on a big stage, playing a big-time school in the NCAA tournament, and, it, and, it, and we don't get to see it. it. It's really devastating for those kids. You know, just devastating. And, and I felt terrible when the Ivy League initially had, post, or had canceled their tournament. You're thinking... You know, was the Ivy League a little too quick on the trigger here? You know, were they, you know, are they robbing these kids? Could they have played it behind closed doors? You know, things like that are going through your mind. But when you see what's come out, I mean, what a smart decision. Not just saying that because it's the Ivy League, but it just what a, you know, something that had to be done. I mean, there's just no question. You know, there's no question that this was the right call at the end of the day. But the sad part about that is, is the moment all these careers are done and we don't get to see how they end uh for a lot of these fantastic schools for a lot of these fantastic programs and for some of these schools you know this was a once in a generation kind of team and you know who knows what's going to happen 
moving forward. So, But for a lot of those schools, the good news is you get a championship, at least a conference championship out of it. Uh, and there's not much you could have done to control that. So what I would do and what I've already done, you know, buy all the swag you can buy. You know, uh, I know it's a trying time. But if you can get your hands on a shirt or a hat or something, you know, try to remember the good parts of this season and, and the great players that, that, that grace the courts around college basketball. Um, try to enjoy that part of it as best you can. I know it's tough. You know, I, I know I'm as devastated about it as you guys. I was so excited to start talking college hoops and talking the bracket and talking the conference tournaments and getting ready for March Madness and and things like that. It didn't turn out that way. And, you know, hopefully by the time we're back here again, hopefully in a year by now, uh, we're filling out brackets and we're making up for lost time uh, from this time uh, at the moment that we're living through in the world. So for now, that's all we can do. Um, the silver lining is there is some college basketball news to distract us a little bit. Some crazy news uh, over the last couple of days since the cancellations of the rest of the college basketball season. Uh, mentioned the NCAA uh, adding an extra year of eligibility for players that want it for spring sports. And that happened less than 24 hours after the coronavirus forced the NCAA to cancel the spring and the winter championships, including March Madness and the College World Series in Omaha, Nebraska. They don't know exactly how this is going to work yet. I mean, that's part of the reason why we're not so sure yet if the winter sports, most importantly college basketball for men's and women's, how they're going to be handled uh, throughout this. I think if it's possible, I think it should be done. Uh, I know some people will say, well, you know, it's only a third of the season and, and all this stuff. But these guys have a choice. I mean, they're going to have a choice whether or not they want to use the extra year. They can take grad classes. And if the and if the schools can fit them on the roster, you know, why not? You know, this is an unprecedented situation. I know it's, you know, some people say, well, you know, these are things in life you have to deal with and the unexpected and, and things like that. But what, what these players have given to the sport, they deserve something like this if they want it. They, should, they, they at least deserve the option. And if they don't think it's possible that they, they should come back, you know, I think of a Miles Powell, I think of a Peyton Pritchard, a Cassius Winston, a Marcus Howard, a Kamar Baldwin, if they feel like, you know what, you know, you don't, you don't guys a bookie, if they feel they're ready for the NBA, they're ready for the professional ranks, then they deserve the chance to go. But if they want to finish some unfinished business, they deserve that choice as well. So we'll see what, that's my, that's my two cents on it. Um, but we'll see. I love that the spring sports, some of them hadn't even gotten started yet, depending on the conference you play in for baseball and softball and, and some of the others as well. They get a chance to, you know, lacrosse is another, you know, you get, they get a chance to, uh, come back and, and restart again next year after, you know, they get, they are the ones that really get hit the hardest. They get no, no season this year. They don't get to play at all. So it's essentially a red shirt, for all of the spring sports, which is great to see, but I'd love to see them consider that uh, for men's and women's college basketball as well. I mean, Sabrina Ionescu comes to mind, the great star at Oregon on the women's side, doesn't get a chance to maybe go and win a national championship with the Ducks. So it's a really tough time, but hopefully, and so far so good, the way the NCAA has been dealing with it, but uh, hopefully that that's something they'll consider as the days and weeks go by uh, in March. So, We'll see how that all turns out. 
Crazy news that a new Rochelle mentioned earlier. Tim Kloos is no longer the head coach at Iona. He's now going to be an advisor. I'm holding up quotes there. Uh, an advisor to the program. And Rick Bettino is going to be the new head coach of the Iona Gales in the Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference. Crazy, crazy stuff. I never thought I'd see the day that Rick Bettino would come back. But he's back. Uh, and again, I, I, there's always part of me that thought, you know, well, there's a chance, you know, it's possible, but there's still stuff he has to get through with the NCAA, you know, and things like that. Uh, he's, he's, you know, Rick Pitino is drinking the Kool-Aid, you know, this is my last stop. This is going to be my last school. I always wanted to come to a small school like this. And, you know, you know, uh, it's, it's all, it's the honeymoon before the honeymoon here with Rick Bettino and you know he's all in and he's going to build this program and I I see it going one of two ways um for Rick Bettino at Iona obviously the NCAA has to go through their due diligence they have to uh keep a close eye on Bettino during all of this and there's still things to figure out um with there and this is obviously you know three years after I can't believe it's been that long ago uh, three years ago, after the FBI opened an investigation into fraud and corruption in college basketball, uh, Louisville's board at the time voted to fire Patino in October of 2017. And of course, this was all about the Brian Bowen $100,000 payment. Um, and Patino just pleaded, uh, you know, ignorance, didn't realize that any of this was happening, and blah, blah. blah. And Patino, you know, says, uh, you know, um, I, you know, I deserve to be fired, but, you know, I didn't do anything wrong, and I was innocent, and, you know, he's trying to, you know, make it look as nice as possible for all those Gales fans that are excited, um, to, you know, go through this whole process with him and, and buy in, uh, I, I think it goes one of two ways. I think, number one, I think he could build up this program, and I think Iona could be the Gonzaga of the East Coast. I really think that's possible. I really do. I think that Iona is in a great spot for college basketball. It's in New Rochelle in the, in the suburbs of, of New York City. Uh, I, I think it's a fantastic opportunity for Patino to dominate recruiting and build up the Gales to being a dominant force in that conference, even like 10 times more than they were under Clues. We're talking NCAA tournament runs. We're talking you know, uh, not having to worry about selection Sunday, about where they're going to be and, you know, which one seed's going to kill them in the NCAA tournament. I'm talking, you know, year after year, Iona is in the mix to do damage in the NCAA tournament. Or he can stick around for four or five years, do what Clues did, win a couple conference championships in a row, maybe make one decent run in the NCAA tournament, and then St. John's needs a coach. Or, you know, this, you know, Georgetown needs a coach. Or, UCLA needs a coach or Arizona needs a coach or Arizona State needs a coach you know another school is going to need a coach or some school down in Florida maybe UCF you know someone like that and then all of a sudden Patino leaves and he's gonna you know he's got he's got a little bit under his belt he's back in the mix and now he wants to go to a bigger school I, I could easily see one of those two things happening uh, I could easily see this being as you know Patino put getting his foot back in the door and he's just going to destroy the door and he's going to go wherever the hell he wants. He's going to do what he was doing again. And he's just going to beat Patino again. And he's going to, you know, godfather his way back into college basketball. I could easily see both of those things happening. So we'll have to see what happens. Um, 
it's a fluid situation, but I think, I mean, I'll say this, every Iona person I know couldn't be happier. They think it's the best thing the school's done in years. They think that if Tim Kloos has to leave, this is the perfect solution to that problem. And they think they're going to win a national championship before <laughs> Rick Pitino leaves that program. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, they're not going there, but they're thinking yeah, that we're, we're going to be hanging a lot more banners in New Rochelle as the years go by and rightfully so. So a couple of things there to chew on uh, with the Gales. Uh, there's, there's this one story about, you know, Bill Self saying how, how great it would be if, you know, Kansas was bestowed the national title. The NCAA could decide to use the final polls to identify a national champion. Um, and basically Bill Self would say, yeah, give it to us. That'd be great. You know, blah, blah. I don't, I don't love that. Um, and he even acknowledges in the quote, you know, there'd be a huge asterisk next to it and, uh, and, and things like that. Um, it, they basically, it's like the BCS system it used to be in college football. Uh, back in the late 90s if you were number one in the polls at the end of the season you won the national championship there wasn't really a championship game but there was like a game that if you won it you'd be named national champions basically is what would be the case i don't love this for college basketball it's not how college basketball has been in my lifetime or before that I, i don't like that i really don't i don't think that's the way to go i think you just leave this season as it would be like for a louisville uh great segue there from patino a Louisville, uh, you know, stripped title. I just think I don't think there's a national champion this year. I think you can't do that. I think you have to. It's like with the conference tournaments, except if you're the ACC and you're, you know, just weird. You shouldn't do that. But um, I just don't think there's a champion. I don't think you can just crown somebody a champion in this case because you know these are all playoff games essentially. And if you don't have a playoffs, uh, you know, it's not like in soccer where where you know you could argue you know certain teams ahead or whatever in the table we'll just give them the title this is a lot different than that so again you'd rather just play the games think in sports that's how you always want to go and if you can it's going to be done but in this case the ncaa canceled everything so i don't think you can give a national championship out when no ncaa tournament games uh, were played so i think that's kind of the way that has to go um coaching searches as well grand canyon hires bryce drew how about this a very very intriguing hire uh one that i wasn't really sure what they were going to do obviously it's been a little bit in the rumor mill over the last couple of weeks that dan marley was going to be fired um interesting stuff i mean dan marley had been there i think for seven seasons and there were a couple years where grand canyon was pretty darn good the antelopes were pretty good at times under Dan Marley, but you know Bryce Drew, who had who had you know recently uh, coached Vanderbilt last season and was a college or not last season, you know I should say this past season he was with ESPN as an analyst, but the season before that Bryce Drew was a head coach at Vandy, got fired. I think that was a bit harsh as well, just because of all the injuries he went through there as well. But now. He's the head coach at Grand Canyon. If the Antelopes made a solid decision here for next season, I think the Lopes, you know, who knows, could be uh, an exciting time there at Grand Canyon and never know. But for now, it's one of those things where you've just got to uh, see what happens. You know, obviously, I think for Grand Canyon, 
tough on Dan Marley. You know, I think that's I think it's a little tough on him. Only because, I mean, there were years where Grand Canyon basketball was pretty darn good at times. I mean, you look through, I was looking at this yesterday. Now, listen, this was not a good year for Grand Canyon. I think we can all agree on that. This year, they were 13 and 17, and they finished fifth in the WAC. And they, and they weren't, there was a very good chance they were not making the NCAA tournament. Um, but in years past, I remember Seton Hall played them last year. And, you know, Grand Canyon had a pretty darn good year in 2018-2019. So I, I remember they, I think they won 20-something games, if if memory serves. Or they won 20. They won 20 games a couple of seasons ago. Uh, and I remember 2017-18 under Dan Marley as well. Didn't get off to the best of starts, but they finished extremely strong. They won 22 games. That season, so there's been some good years at Grand Canyon, but I guess 13 and 17 was the last straw, and Dan Marley's team is no longer no longer his. So it's going to be Bryce Drew taking over. There's something to watch in the WAC conference for next season. Bryce Drew tries to kind of work his way back into the college basketball coaching ranks, and then and then this story that I kind of wanted to touch upon before we. Getting to maybe the the last few here, and then we'll do name madness. Um, the bracket, and I think I went back and forth on this a couple of times over the last couple of days. What's going to happen with the bracket? Are they going to release it? Will the selection committee, who have already started bracketing it, put it out uh, to give the recognition to teams like Rutgers and and uh, you know San Diego State and you know the the, the mid majors of the world that never get in and and things like that, so they can hang a banner and say, we were NCAA tournament team in 2020. As nice as that sounds, I think the NCAA not putting the bracket out makes a lot of sense. And and, and it's simply this, you know, it's a read the room kind of situation. That room right now is planet Earth. <laughs> it is It is the United States. And basically that is saying, this is not a high priority for anybody right now. It should be about being healthy. It should be about being safe. Would this have been a nice, been a nice distraction for a day or two, maybe even a week, maybe. But we've got the Sims. We can sim through everything if we want. We can say who could have beaten who and who would have made it, and the bubble and the bracket. And we've got we've got that stuff already. We don't need to go nuts over a bracket that's never going to be played. Uh, it's, so I, I kind of agree with the way the NCAA handled this as well. Uh, Dan Gavick came out and just said, I don't think this is how it should be done for the men's and the women's tournaments. It's not the right time. This is not a situation where this is a high priority at all. It's a very low priority. Uh, people should be worrying more about being safe and healthy than about who got into the NCAA tournament that's not even going to be played. So I think, again, big kudos to the NCAA uh, for that decision. And, you know, it, it stinks. We're not going to find out. But we've, again, we, that's the other thing. I just mentioned this earlier. We've got bracketology. We've got these simulation sites. That you, can, you can put two teams in if you think they were going to play. And if you really want to find out, you'll get a decent idea maybe who's going to win or whatever. You know, you can take it for what you think that means. But we don't need to see a bracket. There's more important things to worry about. ESPN also came out with their All-America picks and their major award picks. For this season as well. They gave the player of the year award. To Luca Garza. 
from Iowa. What a fantastic season he had. Uh, Obadi Atopin uh, was the runner-up. Coach of the year went to Anthony Grant from Dayton. Brian Dutcher from San Diego State was the runner-up. Freshman of the year went to Vernon Carey Jr. from Duke. Precious Achua from Memphis was the runner-up. Defensive player of the year went to Marcus Garrett from Kansas. The runner-up was Mark Vidal from Baylor. The breakout star went to Emmanuel Quickly from Kentucky. The small school coach of the year went to Steve Forbes from East Tennessee State. Um, the runner-ups, respectively, there were Daniel Oturu from Minnesota and Kyle Keller from the Lumberjacks of Stephen F. Austin. Florida State was the biggest surprise. Creighton was the runner-up. Biggest disappointment was Carolina. Runner-up was Washington. Yikes. I mean, that right on the money, I must say. With those... Here's where I got a little, uh, you know, I was a little peeved with the All-America picks here. First team was Garza, Toppin, Dotson, Pritchard, and Azubuki. Uh, And the second team was Howard, Powell, Carey, Flynn, and Winston. I think you could argue that Winston uh, and Powell should be in there. And I think you could knock, in my opinion, Dotson and Pritchard out. I think those are the two... uh, changes i would make i i would probably go top in garza powell winston Azabuki uh would be my five uh for first team all america and then the you know obviously uh all those other college basketball awards player of the year and things like that that's all going to be announced later this week um and that's it that's all our rundown on those kind of things for the show this week um before we go into the future of the show let's give you a quick actually you know what let's let's save the best for last we'll save name madness for the end Uh, i know you guys are excited about it i'll talk about that in a second uh the future of the show so the future of the show um is going to be a little up in the air over the next couple of weeks um we i the plan is to do at least one more show because we need to wrap up Name Madness. Name Madness is still going on uh, for those that have been under a rock. Um, we're still doing it at the Foul Podcast, as I mentioned earlier, is the place to vote. You can go right now and vote on the polls after the show goes out. Um, so we're, we're at least going until Name Madness is complete. Then, it, then we're kind of not sure. Uh, we like to recap the awards that come out, the All America teams, and we like to do the Player of the Year and the real stuff and all and all that, all those awards. Again, those that's all according to ESPN. So when it actually comes out, all the great awards and things like that, we'd like to salute those players and give them their due uh, and things like that. Um, that might be it. Uh, we're not sure yet Um, because then kind of like last year we went to a bit of an off-season lull and then we come back fresh for the new season and things like that uh we're gonna read the room kind of like the ncaa has done and we'll see where it takes us if there's stuff to talk about you know if there's a lot of stories coaching changes transfers recruits things like that we might have a show uh if there isn't you know we'll have to think about it so uh for now there will be a show next week uh we're gonna finish up name madness we're gonna go into the awards Uh, for all the great players and coaches around college basketball as well. And then we will see what happens from there. So I can tell you this, there will be an 85th episode of the Flagrantly Foul podcast. Uh, And then after Name Madness is taken care of and we crown a champion, um, we will see where it goes from there. So until then, 
Hope you keep on listening to the show. And before we get out of here, let's do some name madness. We have to do it. We are very excited. Uh, it's been the it's been like the most positive thing going on in my life around college basketball right now. The fact we are still doing it, uh, and, and I've, I've been really excited to, to get your feedback on that as well. We've heard from a number of different people who've been excited. The polls are still out; they get to still vote. You guys still get to have the discussion over who's got the best name in college basketball. And lucky for us, we still get to finish the tournament. So we're excited about that. We're excited to finish this thing off. Uh, the the Sweet 16 provided some very big drama. Dr. Bradley knocked off Storm Murphy in the Sweet 16 in the I Name My Kid That region. Tight one down the stretch, but Dr. Bradley pulled ahead late and pulled it off. Flo Thamba shut out Cesar De Jesus to move on to the Elite Eight in the I Name My Kid That region. We move on to the definitely not Key and Peel region where it was Shaquille O'Fritz over Leaky Black, pretty dominating performance, 80% of the vote for Shaquillo Fritz, and North Carolina's Leaky Black is out in the Sweet 16, on the other side of that bracket in that region, Flandris Fleming Jr. over Leroy Butts the 4th in a blockbuster, Leroy Butts the 4th is gone, that was his last name madness appearance, and the dynasty of Flandris Fleming Jr., Moves on to the Elite Eight. Uh, he just uh, just keeps taking out people left and right. Husker Nation, after being asleep last week in the definitely mispronounced during roll call region, picked up the slack in a big way this week. And Thor Year, Thorb Yarnarsen from Nebraska, moves on to the Elite Eight over Yoret Yiljeb, who had a great run in his first name madness season. But it is. Thor year, Thorb Yarnarsen, Johnny Trueblood's tweet does the duty, and the Cornhuskers are moving on to the Elite Eight of Name Madness. Pretty impressive performance in the Sweet 16 from Isaiah Mario, Huhu Layafa, a shutout of Guarnarmar to move on to the Elite Eight in the deftly mispronounced during roll call region. Couple of really good ones in the sports name region, the Sweet 16. Trez Tinkle over Unique McLean tight down the stretch one vote difference but it's oregon state's trez tinkle who moves on to the elite eight and then a very impressive performance from boo booey from northwestern taken out spirit ricks from norfolk state so the elite eight is i know you guys are you guys are your minds were blown we lost leroy butts and leaky black in the same round pretty remarkable stuff got a few tweets and a few messages about that our elite eight is set it is dr bradley versus flo thamba in the i'd name my kid that region in the definitely not key and peel region it is shaquillo fritz versus flanders fleming jr in the definitely mispronounced during roll call region it is thorier thorb yarnarsen against isaiah mario huhu layafa and then in the sports name region it is trez tinkle against boo booey the winners of those matchups are going to the name madness final four you'll get two today you'll get two tomorrow and then by next week's show we will have a champion in name madness we're going to go through the final four this week and the national championship game might save it we'll have to see if we spread it out regardless by the next show you will know who wins the championship. We will announce the winner on 
that show next Tuesday. So we'll have polls again spread out throughout the week. You'll have something to vote on every day for Name Madness, hopefully, if we spread it out well enough. And you will know who the champion is by the next podcast. So very excited about that. Again, one last recap. Here's the Elite Eight. These are the regional finals. The regional final in the I Name My Kid That Region, Dr. Bradley against Flo Thamba. The, the regional final in the Definitely Not Keen Peel region is Shaquillo Fritz against Flanders Fleming Jr. The regional final for the Definitely Mispronounced During Roll Call region is Thorier Thorbjarn Arson versus Isaiah Mario Huhu Leafa. And then the regional final in the sports name region is Trez Tinkle against Boo Booey. Eight names, one champion. It's up to you guys at the Foul Podcast on Twitter is where you vote. Make sure you do vote. They need your support. And the winners all go to the Name Madness Final Four. And then we will know shortly after that, in our third season of the competition, who's taking home the crown as the best name in college basketball. As always... Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for your support. Hopefully you guys are safe. Hopefully you are healthy. If you are, please stay that way. If you have a chance, make sure you check on somebody. Make uh, make sure everyone around you is good as well. Until then, stay safe. Have as much fun as you can. And we will see you guys next week on the Flagrantly Foul Podcast.